Hello and welcome to a time-dilated and not Wi-Fi-enabled episode of The Brave Room. It feels like forever since we've done this. Yeah, I, I guess the one, once-a-month thing really just helps with that. And it's not just the fact that it's once-a-month, I feel. It's, I don't know, June-May has felt like, it feels like compressed time. It feels like the end of FF8 was like the, the time witch and all that nonsense. <laughs> Like, there are times where I think like, oh my god, it's only June, and we're not even that close to the end of June yet. It feels like freaking forever, dude. I think that we are in the middle of a great practical joke, where it's actually July now, but someone has convinced us to, no, it's still June, it's still June guys. <laughs> It'll be funny, we'll, be, we'll, we'll write it all back. Well, don't, don't tell that to the Genshin players. Like, they've been waiting for Kazuha's rerun for so damn long. And they'll wait for more. <laughs> Kazuha is the new Ganyu, guys. Like, remember when everyone was waiting for the Ganyu rerun? Uh-huh. Yeah, tough. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It's like, okay, yeah, you'll get your Kazuha rerun eventually. I mean, didn't the first banner do quite well? Not really. From what I vaguely remember and all the anecdotes, a lot of people chose to skip his first banner. Oh, then that's why you're not getting <laughs> Ganyu was the miracle child where she was both meta in DPS and waifu material. So of course she was getting a rerun, but now I can't promise the same for Kazuha. <laughs> I mean, no one wanted to- Is Kazuha just the Morbius of, uh, of Genshin characters? What, what does that even mean? So everyone says they want the rerun, but it didn't show up the first time. What if Mihoyo like, is kind enough to give you the second one and no one shows up again? <laughs> just like Morbius. Unfortunately, or, or fortunately, whichever you want to take it, Kazuha's last I'm aware of is in like 92.5% of a full star and this runs clear, so he is very most definitely wanted and meta. <laughs> I mean, then they should have bought him the first time. Mm. Wait, what? I don't even know how we got to the, to the Genshin segue. It's June. Guys, if you're listening to this, first of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, don't forget to, you know, leave a comment and tell us, you know, any future topics you want us to cover and all, all that good stuff. We would really appreciate it. But most importantly is I want you to think about your local games journalist this month and the fact that they had to live through Jeff Keighley's summer blitz, as I like to call it now, <laughs> operating outside the husk of E3 because it's a busy time for us. It's a busy time for all of us. Yeah, like the, the fact is that for me, especially my schedule was like, oh, I'm kind of free this week. And then next week, I just see every single thing lined up and like, oh dear God, please don't put me for anything this week. So it's bad for any games journalist. It's extra bad for those of us operating outside of Asia because these press conferences are like two in the morning. <laughs> Like, you mean outside the US, not Asia? Nah, outside... Uh, no, as in operating out of Asia, that's what I meant to uh, say. Okay. Yeah, no, I stayed up. I stayed up for the future games show and that was... To put it nicely, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one of those things that's really cool. Like, it's this live stream that's meant to, like, show off, like, you know, progressive games like, from diverse, like, creators and stuff. But I don't understand why they always go for the most cringe people every single time. Like, I feel there's one thing, if you're using a VTuber avatar, try not to call attention to the fact that you're using a VTuber avatar. It's simple as that. That is the... Hey, it's my number one tip for how to not be cringe. And yet, like, every single time, it was, 
Oh god, it was rough. Worst part is I was only there because last year they showed Skullgirl stuff there, so I was just <laughs> there to wait for more Skullgirl stuff, and I was like, oh boy. That was none. That was a thing. Uh, but yeah, I guess this is the part of the episode where we're just gonna talk about some of the cool shit we found at that whole Summer Games Fest. I feel like needing to cover that at like 4am, I feel like I can't remember anything from that time. That is fair, that is fair. I mean, to be fair, this year was a lot more quiet than usual, like we're, we're getting the, the COVID wave. Games have slowed down because, of, you know, this is all the games that were being worked on during COVID are releasing now or delayed. So that's why. And plus, last year we got freaking Elden Ring. That's not fair to compare the two. <laughs> like, we went from the highest high of gaming, like the reappearance of our Lord and Savior Elden Ring, to I, I can't even name what the biggest announcement out of this was, because, like, I mean, PlayStation had The Last of Us re. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, Naughty Dog fans. I hear you. Last of Us is a pretty. You have to decide. Is it a pretty game that still holds up? Or is it a game that needs a remake? Because you can't have it both ways. <laughs> and that's all that I hear see about Last of Us remake fanboys. Is that like, they're like, no, this game still holds up, but we need the remake. It's just like, no, you big one. Honestly, I think Last of Us, part, like the original Last of Us one, still looks really, really good. Like, yeah, it's a PS3 game, but it's a good-looking PS3 game. And it's not like it's mechanically demanding in any kind of way, shape, or form. You know, like, for me, Demon's Souls is, is the standard of like, oh, that's when your game needs to be remade. That game's mechanics are old and jank and bad. <laughs> they were bad then, they are bad now. But conceptually, it was solid, and unfortunately, the game still looks like a prolapsed anus. <laughs> so, I welcome that PS5 remake. <laughs> Because at its core, it's still Demon's Souls, but it has good things like speed climbing and a working inventory system. <laughs> Fun fact, in the original Demon's Souls, if your inventory was full, because that game decided to have an inventory limit, either walk away from the level, like to go back to your base and drop everything off with Stockpile Thomas, or start discarding stuff out of your inventory. In Remake, they gave you the option like, hey, uh, your inventory is full, so this has been sent into the box. Oh, thank God. Yeah, because you know what game you don't want to be accidentally throwing, getting rid of stuff in? A freaking Souls game. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just gonna drop my broadsword. Oh, it turns out I actually wanted to play broadsword the whole time. Oh, like, like yeah. Like, the, I guess for me, my only thing about The Last of Us remake, I saw a comment that said, you don't need to make your games look super realistic. We already have cameras. This is true. And it, like again, I've never heard anything mechanically about The Last of Us games. So it's, I don't know, are those games jank? I don't think they are. I, I think they probably still play really, really well because from what I've heard, Uncharted plays really, really well. Like people still can't stop praising Uncharted. So I guess <laughs> by the logical flow of time, you know, unless Naughty Dog intentionally makes worse games for fun, <laughs> there's no reason to keep it like that. I know there's the joke about me like always wanting to Bloodborne PC. I don't want a Bloodborne remake. Like they don't have to make a Bloodborne ground up remake. That game is still good enough to just get away with a remaster. But yeah, just the idea that like there are still games in PlayStation's catalog that people genuinely want to see remade or brought brought forwards in some meaningful way. And all we got was Last of Us, comma, again. <laughs> again! <laughs> 
<laughs> like you literally could have just done a PS5 remaster and released it on PC like they did with Death Stranding Director's Cut. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. We'd all be happy. Last of Us fans get to buy the game again and I get to avoid those games. <laughs> Pretty much. The re remake that means they're gonna add new story or I I didn't really I follow on it. Don't know the contents of it. I just saw those cringe side by sides and be like, look at how much um, it's it looks the same. <laughs> oh cool, you gave Joel a wrinkle. Nice. It's just like eh. and they're like, it's a ground up remake. I don't why? At some point, like at some point you just go like this seems like it didn't need to exist but whatever i guess they're getting money for part three i mean again they could have cut down on operational costs and literally just remastered the ps4 remaster again no 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 we we need more we need more uh, also i saw that there's going to be this online thing so yeah i suppose the old engine question mark couldn't handle it question mark Oh yeah, it also doesn't have the originals multiplayer. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Um, the other, the other thing, Resident Evil Four remake, the literally worst kept uh, secret in the in the <laughs> industry. Everyone knew it was coming. Everyone's suspicions were confirmed. Two make and three make were just like testing the ground for how much it could get away with with four remake. Here's the thing: I haven't played Resident Evil Four. I love. Like, I got into Resident Evil series at 7, and I freaking love that game. 7 and Village are to me like amazing games. 7 kind of falls apart towards the end. Village is pretty solid true, but people really like 4. I'm, ha I'm happy you guys got something new, but from what I heard, that could have also just been a remaster. Eh, whatever. Whatever. I guess we shall see. I guess we shall see. I want to talk about Exoprimal though. Dinosaurs! Here's the thing, right? We, we talked about this this morning. Unfortunately, without the recording thing. So <laughs> I'll, I'll just get to my thesis statement with Exo Primal. Exo Primal is a game that is after my own heart. Like it has mech suits, it has dinosaurs, it has PVE and PVP mixed together. It has what I'm pretty sure is Dan Southworth playing the villain of the of the game. Because that is very Virgil sounding AI. <laughs> Here's the thing: no one is going to play that game at launch. I am convinced. That game has a very high chance of being the next Babylon's Fall. Oh boy. Because, uh, like, it's good for me, right? Like, it literally looks like EDF but with dinosaurs. Okay. But the main problem with it is I don't know how that's going to find mass appeal. Because, you know, PvP people are going to be like, why can't I just play the PvP? PvP people are like, what? Why, does it have to, why do we have to do PvP at the end? And it's just like, I don't have answers for either of you guys. <laughs> But it looks cool to me. There's a thing you can do where you can summon a triceratops and ride it around. One of the exosuits is called Roadblock. You can create a literally just Reinhardt's shield. So first of all, when you block that shield, it has like thrusters on the back of it that will fire off to like hold you in place. That is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, you can use that big Reinhardt shield to like hold the triceratops in place. Ooh. Like the triceratops charges and you're just like, that is so cool. But I know, I've had my heart broken so many times now. I, <laughs> I don't know how that game is going to find mass appeal. Because it's, let's face it, mass appeal likes simple concept. Overwatch is you play the game, you win. And I don't think Exo Primal is operating on that. Like, I feel like they should have just gone with a PvE game. People would have just been happier that or maybe, way. you know, Dino Crisis, hello. Or maybe Dino Crisis, yeah. We actually talked to, like, the developers for, for Exo Primal, and I, I snuck in that question. <laughs> to be like, hey, this looks a lot like Dino Crisis. So where is that? 
to which they just responded with, nah, exoprimal is exoprimal. So, okay. Unfortunate. Guys, we tried. But yeah, no, I want that game to do well because it's stupid and weird and so typically Capcom. So, fingers crossed that it actually does well and I'm proven wrong. Because I think the weird thing is that, like, everyone wants to be Monsanto. Like, they don't know it, but every live service game wants to be Monsanto. Because Monster Hunter has that amazing, like, hook in people. And the reason it has that hook is that it's not designed with multiplayer in mind. Like, you know, if Monster Hunter were designed today, like, if, if, that, if you move that team forward today, what they would have done is they would have made each hunter, like, they would have given each hunter a class and they would have, they would have had, like, unique skills. Like, it would have followed very much the template that a lot of these live service games do now. Which is like, which is basically what you can expect from the knockoff Monster Hunter likes you can find. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, that's how Dauntless is as well. Yeah, with Monster Hunter, it's not like that. Like, I mean, technically your weapons are your class. But it's not like they're divided into, you know, these are your DPS weapons and these, these are your tank weapons. Contrary to what some people on the Reddit will say, like, no, actually every every fight is balanced for every weapon which is really really interesting and that's to me that's why monster hunter has survived as long as it has it just so happens that yeah if you want you can do it with your friends and then you're practically playing a different game at that point because you know when you're playing alone it, it becomes that game of efficiency it's like okay i need you know i want to hunt this monster in the most efficient way possible so what uh if you were playing world for example it'd be like what are the hazards in each of the zones where does this monster start okay can i bring the monster to this hazard start off with a, ch a huge chunk of their life gone and a lot of like these modern games just don't have that feeling to it i don't know how to describe it other than it's just that monster hunter bothered to have good gameplay <laughs> Because there's so many things, right? Like there's learning the monster fight, obviously, and then there's actually mastering your own moveset. Like the, like for example, your typical like class-based shooter. You know, let's let's look at um, trying to think. Like what's what's a PVE game that released recently? Okay, so let's let's say like let's say yeah, Destiny. Let's go with Destiny Two. All right. Destiny Two. You have what? We have Genshin. <laughs> Genshin. You literally have. Your weapons attacks, your elemental skill, and your burst. Mm -hmm. That's it. There is no further depth to that. Monster Hunter, this is, and this is just for one weapon. This is the Switch Axe, which is the weapon that I have like years of time on. You have the Switch Axe's gimmick is that it can change from sword mode to axe mode and vice versa. Actually, you start in axe mode or whatever. Axe, uh, axe attacks are slower and have high damage. And you have the forward forward triangle attack, which allows you to cover ground even though your weapon is up because you, you have less mobility when your weapon is up. Mm -hmm. You have the upswing that, that you have to be careful of using. I think they've gotten rid of it in Rise, but in, in previous games, it would knock other players into the air. And so the, the sign of a bad Switch Axe user was that they would use that uh, they would use that without caring who, who was in the way. From that, it can combo into Wild Swing, which is uh, you mash the circle button and it, and it swings a bunch of times. From Wild Swing, you have two different two different options. Uh, you can either... I can't remember what the button for it was, but one of them was a Wild Swing finisher where you swing the axe and does big damage. It is the highest single hit move that the Switch Axe has, so it's recommended for, for monster wake-ups. And the other one is a morph attack, where you swing the axe and it transforms into a sword halfway through, and that 
that becomes a good way to get into sword mode because you, you're still in the combo when you do that. And that's not all the Switch X's moves. <laughs> Whereas in, you know, in, in Genshin is like, that's four. <laughs> Like, that's not even getting into things like Awakening State, Amp State, <laughs> Zero Sum Discharge. Like right now, if you wanted to talk about Genshin Smooth, only two characters can use their skill in mid-air, which yeah. would be Kasuha and Xiao, so yeah. The complexity, if you really wanted that, it isn't quite nice. Like, at, even the end game, I'd say that's more of a numbers game, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to be fair, that's because it goes more to the Diablo school of uh, where it's about the prep work. But you know, the re- but the thing is, prep work is boring. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you now, as a player, I hate prep work games. I mean, Monster Hunter has that prep work to it as well, because you have like the armor, armor skills and stuff as well. But the, the fact of the matter is, you still have to learn that moveset. It, it is kind of like a fighting game. That you do have to lab and learn like what the optimal, for, optimal for you anyways ways to do things is like for example when i when i play monster hunter i will always go for the monster's tail because my my hunting party the four of us one of them plays greatsword and so he is always going to go for the head of every monster so to stay out of his way i will i will always go for the tail because the switch axe has one of the longest range uh longest vertical range thanks to that, that upswing i mentioned so it's great for cutting off tails so yeah you know there is a depth to that there is so much more, like even just now I mentioned a lot of stuff that I didn't explain, stuff like wake up attacks. <laughs> so a lot of these games just don't have that. I'm hoping Exo Primal does, but from what I've seen, it looks not so much. Like the prep work, it doesn't have to be boring, but dear god, a lot of it is just... Ah, no! But you collect your loot, make sure you have all the legendaries. Oh man, we that that could be a whole episode of how much I hate loot games. But yeah, that's that's my that's my soapbox for the for the whole Exo Primal thing. Like in in the meantime, I was like since I couldn't really remember what the announcements were, I just had to look at the Summer Games Fest account and like I none of these made an impression on me. Like yeah, I know they're a big deal, but my personal stake in there is like zero. Cool, because that means I can talk about Street Fighter Six. <laughs> Dude, I've cared more about Street Fighter 6 in the past two weeks than I've cared about it in the past five years. Like, oh my god, Street Fighter 6 looks great. That game, I remember like when they first showed off the teaser for it a, a while back, no one particularly cared because they had that Adobe stock image <laughs> for the for the logo. And congratulations, internet, I want you all to give yourselves a big round of applause. We successfully cyber bullied Capcom into changing that <laughs> god awful look. Did you see the new logo? It is amazing. It's like a VI, like you know, because for six, and then they rotate it on its side with a half of a, a hexagon to it look so it looks like a six. It's a it's the coolest thing ever. Like, oh, that's what we wanted Capcom. Graphic that's... design is my passion. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll I've said it before, I'll say it again. The best Street Fighters are the most like hip-hop influenced ones. Like, look at Third Strike. That is the hip-hop fighting game. And now uh, and now we have Six. Like, Six has that strong hip-hop vibe to it as well, with the, with the street art and everything. I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's what Street Fighter is. So yeah, shame about those leaks though. Shame, I say. <laughs> as I stare at Rashid, my boy, looking great. <laughs> But by the way, uh, side games, well, 
while you're still having a nice relationship with Capcom, could you rerun the Street Fighter collab, please? I really want that outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the one thing I feel bad about is, like, I don't understand Luke. Okay, so he looks like a douche nozzle in Street Fighter V. He looks slightly better, but still kind of douchey in six. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's like five, he kind of looks like an asshole. And six looks like those characters who they, when they introduce as an asshole, but then once they become a good guy, they have to be nice. So that's what he kind of looks like. <laughs> but yeah, no, I look forward to all the art of him smooching Jamie because there is so much sexual tension between those two characters. <laughs> You heard, it, you heard it here first, like, good god. It's time to go tech diving. I, yeah, I wanna, I wanna see, I wanna see Jamie drinking sake out of Luke's mouth. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously though, rewatch that train because the the way the the way the fight intros work now is you select your characters on the character select screen and they're actually standing in front of a garage door so when you both confirm they both look at the garage door and the garage door opens and they have this like pre-fight thing where they're like walking into the room together and it's like an underground fight club basically so you know everyone's like cheering and then each character has their own like unique animation that they, they'll do while walking and jamie and luke's is just the most like the most for lack of a better word, the most Greek thing I've ever seen. <laughs> now I wonder how much it costs to commission that. Again, like I said, you know, that that sake cup is a very good... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so... Plus, new, I'm counting Luke as a newcomer, like... He was added to Street Fighter V as a teaser for six. So this, uh, even though he like he ended up completely dominating uh, five the, towards the end of his life, I feel bad for Street Fighter V players. Like I remember when Strive started coming out, like with the playable demos and stuff, and more information on gameplay. I had no mood to play Exert anymore. I was just like, but, but I want, and that that must be how Street Fighter V players feel right now. Just like, ah, oh, but the drive and and the parries and the. So yeah, that's pretty much all I can talk about Street Fighter 6 until Kit like learn some talking points on her and too. So with that, I guess we move on to our final story. This this month's is this month's a short one because it's basically like who would be stupid enough to release news this month with all the all the game stuff? Unless it was bad news, like your game launching and becoming a pay-to-win nightmare. <laughs> Oh boy. Even with that moniker, you still don't know what game I'm talking about because it could be either Nino Kuni Cross World <laughs> or Diablo Immortal. Yeah, I I saw Diablo Immortal like resources stolen from the thing and I'm like, no Diablo Immortal, now's not the time for that particular image. I know you want the interaction, but no, not like this. Yeah no my my favorite Diablo Immortal class is the MasterCard. <laughs> Visa support or Mastercard DPS? Hmm, decisions. Yeah, I feel like Mastercard may start off weak, but once you get to about level 12, then you get the you can upgrade the ultimate ability to just remove your credit limit. <laughs> oh man. Man! I remember when we played Diablo Immortal like way before this. Like uh -huh. was was it last year or two years ago? Somewhere around there. Let, let's not stress the numbers right now. Because we have other things, other numbers to stress over. 
Yeah, and I thought that game was pretty good. Like that is at its core is a is a pretty good like translation of Diablo 3 to mobile. And then they sent us the build with the monetization in. <laughs> and then it was still not too bad because we are fairly casual players. And now you hear from the pro players like, oh no, the end game is basically paywalled. <laughs> like, okay, so for for context, like you can totally play this game free to play. Mm-hmm. Not if you want the best character. <laughs> you want those legendary gems. Uh-huh. You only get those gems by completing Elder Rifts. And how often do you get a free Elder Rift thing? I believe the rare one is uh, three to five times question mark. I'm not too sure whether that's daily or not, but that's like 10% chance from the rare press. And then legendaries are like only once a month or something. And those are bound. Wrong, you can do them as many times as you want. <laughs> okay, okay, the, the bound ones are like once a month or something like that. You can do them as many times as you want. All you need to do is get the eight digits on the front of your credit card. <laughs> and the three at the back. And the three at the back and you can do... Like, I think it's the worst kind of gacha because it... On top of all that, it's also, uh, you have to complete a whole Diablo dungeon. <laughs> like, oh, that's so many steps. That's so many steps. That's not good. That's not good at all. I mean, it's fun to try out your gems. You are showing your progression and stuff. I'll, I'll always say this about any gacha game, right? The thing I gacha for needs to look cool. Like, these are just rock PNGs. <laughs> They, they're not anime girls. Like, <laughs> the reason Genshin gets away with all this stuff is because, let's face it, those are some of the best character designs you'll probably find in a mobile game. Like, you know, yeah, of course you're gonna spend a bunch of money on Yae Miko. Like, that's a cool character design. Ari League of Legends wishes she looked like that. <laughs> but in Diablo Immortal, it's just like, literally, it like you can't call it anything but pay to win because what else did you buy oh no a, i just a, go really, a golden shower i just really like the the design of this rock and also i guess getting sprayed with yellow whichever way you'd like to take that <laughs> so yeah that's that's kind of the problem with diablo immortal it's just like ah you know and we have extensive coverage of this like you can go go check it out on the website uh -huh. if you want the factual information Glink kit did, did a did a compilation of just how all that works like you have to understand it while it's very hot right now to get on diablo immortal we have been doing it for the past two weeks <laughs> i am tired and we've hit the point of the internet discourse around diablo immortal where every story is just another streamer has spent thousands of dollars because they know they'll make it back in in you know the engagement or whatever they get from it and it's just like whatever whatever i don't care like man sits on broken bench and falls on falls on his ass um, well we all knew the bench was broken uh -huh. it's been broken for two weeks anyways i want to show nino kuni crossworld real quick <laughs> because don't think that game's getting away that game is like so diablo immortal is disappointing right uh -huh. it's like nino kuni crossworld is borderline evil <laughs> because what's worse than a crypto game a crypto game retro like a game being made into crypto retroactively and it's only like for one specific build i guess well yes because the chinese and japanese 
uh, markets have strict regulation on what you can put in a game and still call it for children. So Nino Kuni Cross Worlds launched like a normal MMO and then halfway through said, now nah, we're crypto. <laughs> and then broke its own economy because all the best items need to be bought with, uh, with cryptocurrency. And then mm. now, because you know, crypto can be traded for real money, uh-huh. has a bot problem. And over the weekend, no one has been able to get into the game. Because it's all bots filling up the queue. Unless, of course, you buy the monthly pass. <laughs> and to Nino Kuni's credit, they didn't release the queue skip feature just because of the bot problem. But goodness, is it horrible optics. And to top it all off, now you are being barred from events if you don't have the crypto wallet. So yeah, I really, really want to interview Hayao Miyazaki and just be like, Yo, Miyazaki. What do you think about crypto? <laughs> and then show him all our coverage and watch the life just die from his eyes. I feel like the life has already died from his eyes, but you know. I want it even more. Oh, I want to be the one who deals the killing blow. Man's already like wants to be on his deathbed, but he just can't stop. Yeah, Nino Kuni is just like... I didn't expect it to be every week. I didn't expect it to be like every week there'd be another story about Nino Kuni Crossworlds. But there it is. That's where it go. Then then the community blows it up and like, oh no, what now? Man, can you imagine having a bingo card, a Ghibli cryptocurrency? Oh man. Like yeah, no. I actually, I'm really happy for this news. Because Nino Kuni Crossworlds, like, it wasn't a great game when it launched. But it was fine. Like it's been out in Taiwan and and other countries like for a whole year. Yeah. We didn't hear anything about it. We're just like, oh, it's fine. It's a, it's a Ghibli mobile MMO. It's a perfectly fine game. And then the moment they put crypto in it, <laughs> it's now like a source of warmth on the cold winter night because <laughs> it is but a tire fire in the shady streets of mobile gaming. Like, it's a tire fire so bright that we are the background characters in a Street Fighter stage now. <laughs> it's not not about Nino Kuni, but you know, like the Black Clover mobile game. It looks kind of similar in presentation. And I believe the company was asked if they would add crypto, but because of the IP holders, they said they wouldn't. So that's only currently planned. There has a global version plan, and I am wondering if it might go the same way. That's so. well. I mean, that's the thing, right? At least we have the documentation now that like that crypto did actually like is actually in the process of killing this game because what did it do? They changed the drop rates to accommodate the the crypto market, made it unbearable. Now people can't play the game because bots are coming in. You have to buy. Like I don't know, your future of gaming sounds an awful lot like the same way you know death is is the future <laughs> of of life. <laughs> And it's like we or we already had a, an occasion of like licensing being pulled, and then your beloved non fungible tokens were actually very fungible. Yeah, yeah, we did. We haven't even gone into that yet because that'll be a while before Ghibli finally like revokes the Nino Kuni name from them. I'm so excited for the day that happens. <laughs> it's gonna fill me with so much joy. And uh, top it all off, just this morning we found out SNK 
might be doing crypto query work uh, as of right now we're currently looking into it we'll we'll update more on that because that is the shadiest looking website i've ever seen like they say they're snk official but like they seem to have no following of any snk accounts whatsoever so uh mm. if enough people report it i suppose it'll go down again like i said we're we're figuring out like what the truth is behind that and just like that we've come to another to the end of yet another episode of the brave room very sleepy episode today like i said yeah i have laptop problems to go fix so we're going to get out of here real quick this is Nuwarno from the brave room and this is kid saying please no nfts thank you and you can listen to this podcast on the blockchain <laughs> This can be your podcast, except not because that's not how ownership works, you f***ing morons. Uh, take care, guys. Take care.